What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Also remember, it's not just NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs are going on right now as well, so go bet on some hockey as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools, the DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. So it's promo code THPN at sign up for a limited time only, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And gentlemen, LA Kings fans, welcome to episode 48 of season two of the Kings Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us here on again episode 47, 48, sorry, of season two of the Kings Den. Second episode of the offseason. We have a bit of Kings news to talk about. And then we have a great interview as our guy Russell Morgan is back for the second time talking about all things Kings contributor for Rank Royalty and hosts, a co-host of the Hockey Royalty Pod. This is a great interview talking about all things Kings heading into the offseason. It's great. But before we get into it, we got to talk about uh, Rob Blake and Todd McClellan and head coach Todd McClellan a little bit today as they had their uh, media availability, end of season media availability and they basically shadowed everything that you kind of expected as a Kings fan. They want to get better. They outlined some injuries that happened in, during the season. Tyler Madden, 
he was out for a couple months with the on uh, for the Ontario Reign. He had a broken collarbone. Quick had an injury that kept him out for the last few games, and he is having shoulder uh, shoulder surgery on an unrelated matter to the injury that kept him out of the last few games of the season. Just a wear and tear injury. Blake Lazotte uh, had an AC joint injury, and of course Dustin Brown with the last few games as well. He was battling an upper body injury all season long but other than that they said basically everything you want to hear as a Kings fan they might they they're looking forward to making some moves but also they still want to be patient with the prospects which I can see as well because you have you build one of the up you build up the top prospect pool for a reason and that's what the Kings have the top prospect pool in hockey they still do and you can see the flashes of it by from Byfield Kaliev Kupari and then of course Russell and I talk quite about bit about this in the interview is like gotta remember the the young guys on this team that played all season long they all have like less than a season's experience a full season a full 82 game season Velarde's still under 82 games Bornfoot and Mikey Anderson came into the season with a combined nine games between them nine so let's we still have a ton of time for the kids to come through. I don't want to hear people saying it was a disappointing season because the prospects need a little bit of time. They need a little bit of time. They do. But uh, Rob like talked about it a bit. And one thing that I am really interested in is the RFAs. And the two kind of biggest ones are Andre Athanasiu and Trevor Moore. And especially Trevor Moore in my mind because he played great t- at the end of the season. And... General Manager Rob Blake talking about that said, "It'll take it'll take place further down the road, but we have been in contact with them prior to the deadline. After the deadline, they're a little bit of a different situation than UFA, such as I follow at the deadline. Priority rise with signing him at that time, not priority in what we what we want them and what we want them on our team. Definitely conversations, but and we're still continuing those. So they're still having talks with the RFAs, and those are the two kind of big ones. Another big note." Is uh, that the coaching, the full coaching staff is coming back next season with head coach Tom Nathalen and everyone else, Trent Yoni, Marco Sturm, and everyone else is coming back. So it's the full same coaching staff next season. And McCullen went on to say also that how important the offseason is. And he talked about, the, about it going in groups. And he said, uh, I'm sorry, this is Rob Blake, not head coach Tom McClellan, but he said, Rob Blake said, this summer is very important, as it always is. I think it's a step further in the direction that we want to get to, where we want to progress and get better. We're going to take the necessary steps this summer. We've taken the necessary steps to do so. Regarding age groups and players, a lot of that will be where it fits in our lineup. We're further ahead this year in, in understanding where certain roles may be, and we're a year further in the progression of some of our players, so we understand that. And just regarding Drew Doughty's comments, Rob like said, Drew's comments are 100%. It's the same feeling up here. It's not like we don't want to get any better. We're all on the same page. Now we can take the necessary steps. We can filter in young players, and we can bring them in when they're ready and surplus them with quality NHL players to take a step forward. So that being said, to me it sounds like they want to still wait on the kids a little more, which I absolutely agree with. I, again, I've never been 100% sold on Jack Eichel. I'd be excited if it happened. But I also wouldn't be disappointed if it didn't because of how deep the prospect pool 
is. But that the Eichel one's interesting. I've kind of I'm kind of more on the on the Eichel side now. But again, when you have a top prospect pool, I I hate trading top prospects. I just do because I know some will work out, some won't. But you got to see the Kings have the top prospect pool, and you can see they've taken risks on guys that maybe weren't that maybe like didn't start out great. Like Leah Anderson has turned out very well. He should be a full-timer next year. The chemistry between Anderson and uh, Velarde at the end of the year was awesome. Morgan and I, or Russell and I talked about that in the interview that you're going to hear in a little bit. And also, like, you see chemistry going on. And that's another thing that this season that I've talked about in the last couple episodes is that it was hard to find chemistry when you had so many different line combinations this season. So many different line combinations. So it's hard to find chemistry in that. But... With that all being said, it's like we've said a million times, it's going to be a very, very interesting offseason for the LA Kings. Maybe the most interesting in all of hockey. And with that, I want to welcome Russell Morgan to the podcast again for the second time. We broke down the Kings season. We kind of talked uh, about at the halfway point of the season. So we are talking about the rest of the season, the season as a whole, uh, Jack Eichel, and everything LA Kings about the season and the off season of a little bit of Seattle expansion draft who they're going to protect who they're going to not and we talk a little bit about the Dodgers at the very end so definitely you're going to listen to it right here it's awesome check it out please welcome Russell Morgan back to the Kings Den and now we welcome back to the Kings Den for the second time Russell Morgan writer for rank royalty hosts a podcast as well about the Kings. Russell, welcome back to the Kings Den. Hey, Jordy. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Just enjoying some playoff hockey. Uh, it's been some really exciting games. Kinda, it it yeah, has been, been hasn't it? What's been your favorite one so far? I know we're early here, but... Oh, man. it's It's got to be the Panthers and the Lightning. I mean... I, that's, I that's the series I had circled right away. I was excited for that series. First battle of Florida, you knew it was going to be good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it has it's definitely lived up to the bidding and hopefully it goes long. And uh, I know the Lightning got Kucherov and Stamkos back, but hopefully the Cats can put up a good fight and take it a, to seven. Yeah, no, I hope it goes seven as well, man, because the Panthers, they were a good team this year. So mm-hmm. it's going to be that one. I think I said from the beginning would be the most interesting series for sure. Mm-hmm. Just, just quickly, actually, let's before we get into the Kings, let's just say, what do you what do you expect from the playoffs? As we start, as I start here, uh, I mean, I picked, I picked the can, the oh, I'm sorry, the Canes, the, I picked the <laughs> Avalanche, I picked the Avalanche and the the Leafs to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how this first round goes. I know there's a lot of pressure on the Golden Knights, and especially with them losing Game One to the Wild. I think a lot of people kind of are underrating the Wild in the playoffs this year. They put out, they're they're really solid team, and they're really strong um, down the middle. So I think they can put up a good fight against the Golden Knights. So we'll see how that series goes, but. I'm really interested to see the, how the Canadian series goes too. I mean, we got Winnipeg and Edmonton. That series can go long, and then the Leafs and the Habs. Uh, I don't, I don't really see the Habs putting up that much of a fight. Uh, I know the Leafs are pretty; they're one of the stronger teams that they might pick to go to the the finals. But it should be exciting. Yeah, and like the there's a, a lot to break down there, and I know we'll get to the Kings in a second, but. I'm up in Vancouver, as you know, I've told you before. And so mm-hmm. I, I paid attention to the North division quite a bit this season being up here. And like Toronto dominated, but like 
it wasn't really that good of a division. So I don't know if Toronto's going to make it or not. And also, like, I get Montreal going game one. They want the veteran, like, the veteran presence. But sitting Caulfield and Kokaniemi, I just don't quite get that one. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, like you mentioned, the North Division, it's been, it's a unique year. So it's kind of hard to evaluate teams when they're not playing teams out of their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's been a lot of question marks with goaltending up in that division yeah. since all the games have been so high scoring and Matthews is over 50 goals and McDavid's <laughs> over a hundred points. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, what's going on? Is it really because of them or it's because of the defense? But I don't know. I, I think it's just going to be, I think the Leafs are really the best team. I, I, I was really high on the jets, but I know no, they've they been kind of, yeah, they stink. <laughs> they, they've been up and down. Um, they're still missing, I think, that big defensive piece up there. So um, I think the Leafs will run away with that coming out of the division and heading back up into the later rounds. Wouldn't it just be brilliant for the Leafs to lose to Boston? Oh, it'd be. <laughs> it'd be the best. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for chaos. So seeing the, the Leafs lose to the Hads in the first round would be yeah. I mean, it would suck for my bracket, but I, <laughs> it, would, it would bring a lot of exciting times on Twitter. I'll, I'll fully admit, I'm a bit of a, I, I'm against the Leafs. Let's just put it nicely, <laughs> I'll say. But uh, other than that, let's get into the LA Kings. It was a bit of a bumpy ride to end the season, I guess to put it kind of lightly. We haven't talked since about the halfway point of the season, so let's get your thoughts on the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I know it seems like everybody's kind of separated in the season after it's like pre-Jeff Carter trade and post-Jeff Carter trade. That's yeah. kind of what been the talk. I mean, and McClellan mentioned it during the exit interview today that their records were pretty similar pre and post those, that trade. So, I mean, there's not really – it's not much to evaluate there. But, I mean, we saw some flashes from some, from some kids. Quentin Byfield made his debut, and he played pretty well And for an 18-year-old to crack the NHL lineup. And play his first games i thought he looked uh he was pretty comfortable so that was really good to see if you're a king's fan uh rasmus kapari got a couple games in uh i know he played a couple three games earlier in the season but then he got a few more later on and he looked pretty good as well but i think one of the big uh, one of the big uh points that came out at the end of the year was the chemistry that was made between uh gabe velarde and leah sanderson that was uh something i was pretty excited to see and it's something i never i didn't see coming i mean Leah Sanderson was kind of trying to crack the lineup. He's been showing some flash with the rain. And he now, when he came back up with the Kings, he posted a lot of uh, good goals. I mean, he was making some good plays with Velarde and that Velarde pass from between his legs over to Leah's at the, at the Anaheim game. That was something that a lot of Kings fans have been missing, that those highlight real plays. So that's something exciting to see. And another player that I will say played pretty well toward the end of the year was Sean Walker. And, McClellan mentioned him today as well. And I think at one point he was leading the all defensemen in the NHL in points for the month of May. So that was, that was good to see. And we'll see if he can carry on going to next season. Yeah, I, I agree. It was awesome to see Sean Walker kind of find his stride too little too late because he put up what 25 points in his rookie year. That's nothing to sniff your nose at. And he had yeah. five goals in that. And then he had, what was it? 10 points in 10 games in, may or something like that like he had a great end of the season and you could kind of see it was a bit of a sophomore slump bit of like was in covid protocol to start the year stuff like that so it was really nice to see him uh kind of get back to normal just a little too little too late sort of thing and yeah the velarde anderson uh 
kind of pairing, I guess you could say the chemistry there was awesome to see as well. And that's one of the things as you had this in your article and I talked about it on the last episode of the King's Den as well is the lineup inconsistency. Like it seemed mm-hmm. like, like the lineup was changed every night. It seemed like, and sometimes you saw flashes of guys having a uh, chemistry, like, well, it was, wasn't it? And no, Grenstrom, Anderson, Dolan, and more had had mm-hmm. like the two weeks of chemistry. And then, uh, Leah Sanderson and Velarde had the chemistry and there was a stat, I think like Kempe played on 13 different line combinations throughout the season. Yeah. Or something, something like that. that. So mm-hmm. let's just uh, hear your take on the lineup inconsistencies from the season. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. I'm, I'm sure Kings fans can go all day talking about why is Curtis McDermott in the lineup and all that nonsense. But I mean, and, yeah. And actually, before I even get into this, like, I agree with you because you tweeted this other day and I agree with you. Like, I don't think you need to change the defense much going yeah, into the I, next season. It's more the offensive group. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people have been kind of pandering. I know this was mentioned, there was a rumor that the Kings were looking for a dynamic left shot defenseman. And I mean, I thought the defense played pretty well throughout the year. And then there's when they had that, those like real uh, starting six going with Anderson and Dowdy of the first pair. And then you have Bjorn Foot and Roy and um, Walker and and Mata. I thought, I thought those six played pretty well and and they didn't really give up that many goals. I mean, they're not really driving play or providing a lot of offense but I mean we saw toward the end of the year like we mentioned Sean Walker was able to get on the scoring sheet quite a bit so uh, yeah forward the forward group is definitely where um LA's gonna have to look at maybe trying to add a little bit of extra pieces going forward and, and um I we've all we've all talked about how Alex Ifall was probably not the best uh, left wing one and we saw how good he can be as a left uh, on the second line with uh Velarde and Anderson and I always thought that maybe Bellardi needed a player like Ayafalo to play with because Ayafalo was able to go in those dirty areas. He's a great four checker and he'll get the puck to Gabe. And there was a couple of plays this year where he did just that. He went down in the end boards and got the puck straight to Gabe who set up Leah Anderson. And that's a, that's a player that Gabe Bellardi needs to play with going forward. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And just quickly about the one thing about the defense, we talked about how we could go into like, go into next season with the same defense. I agree. I know that they talked about in like the accident interviews that you need more scoring from your defense. Like Doughty can't do it all sort of thing. And it was nice to see Walker score some more. And you also have to remember like Anderson and Bornfoot came into the season with a combined nine games played. So like, they're Mm -hmm. just like, Anderson is a shutdown defenseman. You kind of know that, but like, they're going to get more points as they go on. I'll remember these guys are young sort of thing. If I could change one thing, I would, try to get rid of Oli Mata and have Kale Clegg as a sixth defenseman. <laughs> I know you're all about that as well, but that's the one change I would make on the defensive end. And then the forward group, you're absolutely right. Like Velarde needs a bit of a veteran, like I follow like that on a line, I think. And you could see Velarde talked about it, like lost isn't the right word, but there was a time of the year where he kind of, where he struggled. And it was, I think it was just a bit of growing pains as well. Cause he's still young. But you wrote about Velarde as well. So let's hear your take on it a little bit. Yeah, I, w- I was really excited about Gabe Velarde going into the season. Um, I mean, he put up, uh, he, he showed some flash toward the end of the 2020 season before the shutdown. So yeah. um, unfortunately, he didn't, he wasn't able to carry over that um, uh, momentum that he had toward the end of that season. I know the Martin Furk injury kind of mm-hmm. derailed that a little bit because it seemed like he had a lot of chemistry with Furk, but 
I, I don't know. I, I kind of was hoping that they'd maybe pair him up with some, a little bit better. I know when he was starting, he was, there was a lot of pairings with him and Jeff Carter and that just never clicked. Um, but it's always seemed like they just wanted to keep going back to that and trying to make that work. And it just never was working. So when they finally got him with uh, Leah Sanderson, who's another young player that wants to, who has a little grit to his game that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. They started playing pretty well. And then, like we mentioned with Alf I follow, it, it was nice to see. And Velarde's got a ton of potential. And I don't I don't believe he's a, a wing player. I know some people will say, well, he, he maybe he might have to move to the wing. I'm, I'm just not on board with that. He's a he's a playmaker and we've seen the passes that he makes. And uh, I think he that's where he should stay. And uh, he could be a legit top, top six center in the NHL for years to come. And I think we also have to remember like Velarde has less than a season under his belt as well. Like just yeah. like, like all these guys have like less than a season under their belt. Like they need just a little more time. And I know they kind of talked about that in the next interviews, Rob Blake today. And I know I'm sorry you have to go. So I'm trying to be quick. No, you're good. But, uh, <laughs> but in the exit interviews, they talked about like getting more, like they want more offense, but you want to be patient with the young guys as mm-hmm. well. And Dowdy was pretty, like said it right, like came out and said, we need more scoring. We need guys mm-hmm. right away. So the, I guess the big question is Jack Eichel question mark. Yeah. I'm what, on, what I'm on think? board. I'm yeah? on board. Yeah. Make that trade. I mean, I, I will say I'm not a fan of trading Quentin Byfield for Jack Eichel. No, but I, I think the Kings can make that deal without including Quentin Byfield. I've always thought that if Jack Eichel's on the Kings, then you'd have to give up probably Gabe Velarde or Quentin Byfield because, I mean, where are you going to play those four players? I mean, you still have Kopitar on the team. So, yeah, um, it, it seems like I know a lot of players or a lot of fans of the Kings are kind of against that trade. I mean, but we're talking about a legit top 10 center in the NHL who's who's only 24 years old and he's he's signed long term. I mean, this is a legit superstar that the Kings have been hoping for and Kopitar, that's just someone that Kopitar could pass the torch to. I mean, until Quentin Byfield's ready to take that torch. So um, you could, you put, you put Jack Eichel on the Kings next year without trading Quentin Byfield. And you start off with Kopitar, Byfield and, or Kopitar, Eichel and Byfield down the middle. Mm -hmm. That's a legit playoff team. And you can add a couple more pieces and the Kings have plenty of cap space and plenty of picks and, and, and prospects to make that trade and to even add more pieces going forward. Yeah. That's where, the, ba- the best pro- prospect pool in hockey comes into play is you can trade mm-hmm. for a big fish like Eichel and you still have like, you're still going to have probably a top 10 pick this year. The Canucks won today. So your top eight odds <laughs> for the league, like, or yeah, for the draft, like you still have a great chance. And yeah, I agree. I think you can get it done without Byfield because of how deep the prospect pool is. Yeah, this is the reason why you grow the prospect pool and you keep those draft picks to make a trade like this. You you want to bring in those pieces. And I, I think this summer will be interesting. I know we got the expansion draft coming up, so there's a lot of question marks with what teams will do with that, with the flat cap going forward. Um, but I think there's two different strategies that the Kings could take here. And I think it's either you, you go for Jack Eichel, you take on that $10 million contract, and you maybe add a depth piece or a, a good defenseman to go forward. Or you trade for a legit left wing one, like a Nylander and Ehlers or a Connor or kick the tires on a Brock Besser to kind of see what's going on there in Vancouver. And then you can add a legit left shot defenseman. I know Zach Rowenski's got a lot of question marks in Columbus, so we'll see what goes on there. Okay, one, 
don't break my heart like that because I do host a podcast about the LA Kings, but I have been a Canucks fan my whole life. And I know it's a dumpster fire right now, but don't break my heart like that, mentioning Brock Besser. In hey, that. And you guys are keeping Benning, so we'll, we'll, oh, we'll see what happens. Just don't even talk about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's pathetic right now. But yeah, like there's a lot of questions. And like the thing with Eichel is he's like, he's, a, almost, he's like, he's not... McDavid's once in a generation, but Eichel mm-hmm. you don't see very often either. He was second overall behind McDavid for a reason, right? Yeah. And he's unhappy in Buffalo, so it could definitely work. And you're right. Uh, like the three centermen of Kopitar, Byfield, and Eichel going into, into next year, that would that's a playoff team. You're absolutely right on that. Mm-hmm. And with that, is do you think do you think they should just go for one big name this offseason or try to go for two or what? Uh, I mean, I think the Kings have the cap space to probably go for two. I mean, you, you add, I was, I was playing around with cap friendly last night and you could add Jack Eichel and probably have around eight to $9 million. I know Trevor Moore is probably going to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. Leah Sanderson needs a new contract. I'm not too sure that Andreas Anthony Sioux comes back. I just, I just don't see him, him fitting with this team. Um, I could see Blake Lazat coming back. I know a lot of Kings fans might not be on board with that, but he's still a legit fourth line. He can be a legit fourth line forward yeah. in the NHL, and you can move Jared Anderson Dolan to the wing, mm-hmm. and then maybe you put like an Alex Turcotte down the fourth line, kind of just see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some fun. I mean, with the amount of prospects that the Kings would have if they um, did make that Jack Eichel trade, they'll have some prospects left over. They can still field a good lineup, but. Uh, I think there's still a chance for them, even if they do bring in Eichel, they can add another piece. And and I've mentioned I mentioned him earlier, but I think Zach Rowenski is another player that could they could probably look at. Um, there's some question marks in Columbus with what's going to happen going yeah, forward, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, this is one thing I meant to say earlier when we first talked about Eichel is: Are you okay with having three players on a roster at ten plus million? Uh, yeah, I mean. Look at look at the Maple Leafs. Look at the the yeah. Golden Knights. I mean, they're right up against the cap. And I yeah. mean, look at the Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> There's ways to circumvent that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's kind of figuring that out now. So mm-hmm. I mean, Kings. The Kings have they'll have uh, the Kobe contract coming off next season. They'll have uh, I think the FNF deal is being reduced from four million above buyout to one. And then um, so there's ten million in cap space right there. The, um, so there's room. This, this was the last season of the Kovalchuk deal. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. They could, yeah, they could finally get rid of that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the draft lottery. Has your stance changed on who's going to get taken by Seattle? Uh, it has a little bit. At the beginning of the year, I was preaching going, uh, the Kings protecting eight eight players and then protecting the one goalie would be Cal Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I, I really wanted them to protect uh, Kale Clegg. He yeah. showed a lot of flash with Matt Roy, at the I, of the I year. love him as well. I want playing yeah. in our lineup. Yeah, yeah, he played. He played really well. So that was kind of a, a, a big question mark that why they kept him down in the AHL when all those when we like we mentioned when Curtis McDermott was getting minutes. So it was it was just strange yeah. to see. Shaking. But I mean, now with how how well uh, Trevor Moore's been playing and Leah Sanderson, I just don't see how you leave one of those players unprotected. I mean, especially with Trevor Moore being the homegrown kid from Sherman Oaks. I mean, he's. He's played. He played really well, and he got the King Clancy uh, um, nomination for the Kings, and now he's playing for the U.S. team in, in Latvia for the World Junior or World Championships. So, um, I think they'll probably have to go with the seven three one and protect seven forwards, and 
I think, what is it? It's going to be probably, I can't, I don't have the names at the top of my head, but you're probably looking at protecting Trevor Moore, Elias Anderson, and even now a Dustin Brown, because he can show some flash. So, and it looks like the three defensemen will be Drew Doughty, uh, Matt Roy, and Sean Walker. But the Kings are in a good spot with who they'll have to protect in the expansion draft with the amount of young players that don't need protection. So um, that's where I think we'll see some trades getting made just from the expansion draft. Yeah, for sure. And like, if you value, like, well, first of all, how much do you, what do you think a Trevor Moore contract looks like? Uh, I think you're looking probably close to around 1.75 to 2.25 around that range for maybe around three years. I think you can get away with that. And say, say you leave him unprotected. You can be to Seattle. Like, Hey, we'll give you a third to not take him or something like that? No, I don't think the Kings make any trades to keep. There, there's no players that the Kings are trading away pieces to keep that they, they could lose. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. I just, I'm, I've been thinking, I'm in the same boat with that regard, but I've just been thinking about, like, Vegas had so many crazy things. Uh, I'm just, like, kind of, I'm trying to, like, expect what's, what is Seattle going to do now sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they'll get um, as lucky as Vegas did. I mean, Vegas was kind of just gifted great players. I mean, you look yeah. at what Anaheim gave them. Um, they, and then um, uh, Marsha Florida, Show. Yeah, yeah, and Florida got gave them Marsha Show and Riley Smith. So it's like, okay, Nothing. well. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, I don't think – oh, I got one more question for you. Oh, off topic for Kings. Because I know, actually, no. One second, I got one more Kings topic. Shoot. The Ontario Reign are playing right now in the play-in in the AHL. Mm-hmm. How how far are they going to go? What's their run going to look like? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they they played really well at the end of the year. That, I know the game's going on right now, so I mean, a tale of two seasons for them, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of expected with the amount of young player. Yeah. I mean, with the amount of young players that they had, that was kind of expected. So that kind of slow start to the year. Um, but now they came on strong and they're playing the Colorado Eagles right now. It uh, looks like they actually just tied the game. looks like Akil Thomas just scored for them. So uh, that's good to see. So it's 1-1 early in the first. But, um, yeah, they just swept Colorado in Colorado for three games, and now they're playing them right now. So hopefully it goes well for Ontario, and I think they can make a good run. I think everyone's kind of hoping for a rain goals uh, series. And they got, and they have like their full bore, the rain. They yeah. got everyone back, which is awesome yeah. to yeah. see. Yeah. And like you've mentioned, Akil Thomas, he had a great season. Arthur Kaliev had a great season. Like it was, it's awesome to see the baby Kings play so well in the second half of the season and be right up there in scoring in Kaliev's uh, case. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mentioned Kaliev had the best uh, point producing uh, rookie season for the Kings in an AHL since Tyler Toffoli. So. Mm-hmm. It's good year. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Especially for a kid that was supposed to be in uh, Ontario in the Ontario hockey league. Yeah, so. For sure. A different Ontario, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So different <laughs> Ontario. Well, one more question for you, non uh, Kings related, but still LA sports related because it's in the news recently. Mm-hmm. What do you think of big Albert Pujols going to your Dodgers across the highway? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah. the Dodgers have a ton of injuries going on right now. And it's, it's insane. Kinda, I know they're kind of just kind of trying to piece together lineups. I know we got that other player from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, I can't even pronounce his name, but he <laughs> yeah. seems like he's got a lot of power to him. But yeah, Albert Pools is like, what more else can you say? I mean, 
obviously he's not the player that he once was, but he still got he still knows how to hit. And we saw it just last night. He had this first yeah. uh, RBI single, so it's good to see. And the the Dodgers need a bat, and Albert Pujols is, was right down the street. So why not call him up and say, "Hey, Albert, we'll kind of give you your last ride right into the sunset and see if you can win a." And another World Series uh, ring with the Dodgers before you maybe head off into retirement. So I think it was a good signing for the Dodgers. And it was kind of just like, it just, it made, it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. If it was Universal DH, he'd be back in St. Louis. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I was really surprised actually he didn't go to an American League team. It's just, I mean, I think that's kind of where everybody kind of pegged him. But yeah, just as a it's DH. cool to see him. Yeah, it's cool to see him in that blue. It's weird to see him in blue, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird to see him wearing number 55. That's yeah, a weird, instead of that's five, yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to take Seeker's number five away. No, that's that's for sure. That's for yeah. Sure. Well, Russell, with that, plug away. Where can they find you? What do you have going on? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at, at NHL Russell. Um, I'm also a co-host on the Royal Hockey Royalty podcast. I think it's at royalty underscore pod. Um, we have a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, this is going to be a very busy offseason for the Kings. We have the expansion draft coming up. We have the NHL draft coming up. And we have free agency and whatever trades that have to be made. So a lot of stuff coming up. And so, and Jeff Carter scored tonight. Yeah, and Jeff Carter scored. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Hey, we, we got to keep tabs on him all postseason long. Yeah, there's a lot well, of Kings in the playoffs, though. So, or a lot yeah, of former Kings in the playoffs. So yeah, cool no, for sure there is. Well, Russell, thank you so much for doing this. And we'll do this again, maybe before the draft or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for joining me, buddy. Thanks, Rudy. And with all that, that is it for episode 48 of season two of the Kings. And thank you so much for joining us. As always, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to not only the Kings End, but to every other podcast around the Hockey Podcast Network because everyone is killing it just doing so well so go check it out we are just growing and growing here at the hockey podcast network and it's all because of you guys so like rate subscribe and review to not only the king's end but to every other podcast around the hockey podcast network and don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at the king's end thp and of course i'm your host jordy cunningham don't forget to follow me at cunningham jordy and also, of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Just on Facebook at the Hockey Podcast Network, on YouTube at the Hockey Podcast Network, or check us out on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content, including After Hours and so much more. And, of course, don't forget to use the promo code THPN when signing up for DraftKings. And with all that, Have a great weekend, stay safe, wear your mask, and we'll talk to you on Monday for episode 49 of season 2 of the season.